Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co-founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, Web3 World. This is Natja Besser from Engage to Earn Investing Platform at Lunam. And you are listening to The Future of NFTs, the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. All this as seen through the eyes and built by the fascinating minds of the amazing guest speakers that we speak to each week. At Lunam is the only investing platform in Web3 that rewards attention with allocation. Our Engage to Earn platform features dynamic NFT investor profiles, NFT allocation fractionalization, and our one-of-a-kind proof of attention allocation mechanism. And of course, be sure to set your clocks for the future of NFTs. Used to be, until today, live on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday, but I am extremely happy to announce that starting in the new year, we will be moving over to YouTube. Uh, so you'll get to not only hear from, but also see our guests. Uh, and plus, we'll move away from all of these tech issues that we've been experiencing on Twitter Spaces. But if you are listening to this on the podcast, on Spotify, etc., don't worry, you'll be able to continue listening to it without any interruptions. It's just that the live version is going to move platforms. Uh, and you can also tune into our sister show, Diving Into Crypto, which is live every Thursday on Twitter Spaces. So same, oh, same time, same place. Uh, so join us for both shows because we speak to incredible thought leaders and change makers in this game-changing industry. And it really allows you to have a finger on the pulse of what's happening. All right, so on to a very, very special show today for multiple reasons. First of all, it's our last show of 2022. It's our last Twitter Spaces. Uh, and our guest today is just an incredibly fascinating human being. Uh, Andrea Reed, NFT artist, community leader, and moderator for Join.xyz. Uh, Andrea is a Canadian multidisciplinary artist that creates very intuitive, conceptualized artworks tailored to women empowerment, which is something I'm incredibly passionate about, astrology and spirituality themes. So if that's something that piques your interest, then today is definitely the show for you, using 2D collage and AI mediums. Uh, her work evokes profound emotion and a sense of enlightenment uh, to create a space for healing and self-awareness. She has been featured in various blogs, interviews, podcasts, exhibits, galleries all over the world. She is, as I said, a community leader, a spaces host herself, so she knows the challenges full well, and moderator for JOIN, and a very proud member of various Web3 communities. So Andrea, Welcome to the show. So extremely happy and excited to have you on today. Are you joining in from, I imagine, very cold Canada or where are you today? 
You are correct. I am currently in northern Canada, I'm home for the holidays with my family, and it's lots and lots of snow. It's very cold, and <laughs> the basement's quite cold right now. But uh, um, thank you very much for the very, very sweet introduction. Uh, but yes, I'm currently bundled up in a blanket here <laughs> as we speak here today. Yeah, I'm not in the basement, but I totally get the rest of it. Uh, I'm in Croatia where it's, uh, well, in fact, I'm at the coast in Croatia where it's not at all so cold. But as a South African who just came from visiting home during summer, I am dying. I keep on thinking I'm developing hypothermia while I have the AC on 30 with a jacket and a scarf and a beanie. Uh, but the locals tell me it's not very cold. So <laughs> so if I die today, it'll just be because I'm dramatic, not because it's actually a real threat. Um, so Andrena, Andrea, sorry, we have an Andrena on our team. Uh, so I knew I was going to make that mistake at some point. So Andrena, hey, I see you here. <laughs> Andrea, um, tell us more about you, your journey, your background, and really just, you know, what makes you tick? Yeah, let us get to know you a little bit. Thank you so, so much. Um, before I get into it, I just want to say I see a lot of familiar faces here in the audience. And I just want to shout out to everyone here um, who came out. I mean, it's early morning for me here in Canada. Um, but I see a lot of you down there. So I really, really appreciate you all so much. Um, it's really, really sweet that you could be here with all of us today. Um, so I just wanted a quick shout out to all of my amazing friends in this amazing Web3 community. I wouldn't be here without them. So um so let's see what I can do. And uh, I know we have quite a couple, couple, plenty of questions to go through, so I will try not to go too, too much, um, but enough that uh, gives you an idea. So, um, so I mean, my journey with art, I mean, I started when I was a child. Um, I've always known I was artistic. I've always loved playing with any medium from paint to crayons, like whatever. I was just such a imaginative child, just always just wanting to just you'd be creative in some way and then you know fast forwarding you know my parents saw that I was very interested so they actually put me in drawing lessons with the with a professional pencil drawer so I started with pencil drawing first um and then you know I started playing more with paints and as I went through elementary school um it became apparent that I was quite good at it and I was getting art awards in school um all my teachers said you know you should pursue something in art you're very talented and I said okay maybe and then I went to high school and I thought maybe I should pursue um architecture um so a lot of people may not know that but I originally went to school for architecture for a brief period unfortunately it wasn't exactly the route I wanted to take um so I when I got there you know I wasn't as passionate about it as most of the other students were. So I took that as a sign that, you know, maybe this is not the path I should take and should maybe re go back to the drawing board. Um, I mean, I say this in a very positive way. And I, I mean, when I was, I went to university, it was a very tough program. Um, I know there's a few here. I know uh, my friend Pierre Andrea, he knows architecture is not an easy career. It's, uh, it's tough. And for, if it's not something you're passionate about, then I, and I think we should definitely go back to the drawing board and rethink our strategy of where we'd like to take our, our path in our careers. So um, it was such a negative experience in university. I'm not, not, not daunting on architecture whatsoever. It's a beautiful, it's amazing. Um, but it was a very difficult experience for me in university, enough so that I, I, I actually took a hiatus 
I took a 10 year hiatus from making art because I was so discouraged from my experience that it made me feel like maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not good enough to, you know, share my art with the world. It sounds really, really negative, but unfortunately that was the, and at the time that's how I felt and that, you know what, there's, there must be a larger purpose to feeling this way that maybe I'm going to come back to this in the future. And fast forward to, you know, 2020 when the pandemic began, um, I'm very active in sports, a side note from all the art that I, that, that I create. Um, I had a really bad injury. I couldn't walk very well. Um, I was working from home, thankfully. Um, and so I needed a creative outlet. You know, all of us were stuck in our stuck at home and we couldn't live our normal lives. And I also couldn't move the same way like I used to. So I needed something. I needed to find an outlet. So I bought a brand new iPad uh, with a Apple Pencil. And I said, you know what? I need to start drawing again. I feel like there's something missing in my life in this huge void. And uh, so I'm glad that I listened to my intuition because I, I registered my business, Crown and Palettes, pretty much not long after that. Started with, with just drawing. And at this point, I wasn't even doing collage yet. Um, I came across collage um, from a various artists on Instagram um, a few of them I actually I still speak with to this very day who are also here in Web3. They've inspired me to pursue and try the art of collage. And I've, I haven't looked back since. Um, and I've always had a passion for astrology, spirituality. Um, and I feel it's become definitely it's become more mainstream in the last 10 years or so um, that I felt more comfortable with the idea of potentially finding a way to integrate my passion for that plus doing collage and I am happy to say like I built such a great community on Instagram before I came to web3 I have a lot of amazing loyal clients that I work with on a monthly basis for their small businesses I create commissioned pieces for them um, and I mean it's become a daily practice for me to just create art based on astrological events um, from just feeling out the energy of the collective and just letting myself like feel the way I feel and channeling that into my work. So what you see here today is a compilation of all of these things. And uh, fast forward to now, I'm now in Web3. I've been doing it for about two years. It'll be two years in March. I can't believe it's already, it feels longer than that. I think everybody knows here in Web3, one month feels like an eternity. Um, <laughs> so it'll be two years in March. And uh, honestly, I, I know we're going to get to that question eventually, you know, Web3 has completely changed my life. It has brought so much joy, um, so much love. Um, I never felt so included, so accepted in my entire life. And I'm so glad that I decided to re to get back into my art again because I wouldn't be with these amazing people here in this audience today. I wouldn't be sharing my art, my energy the way I am right now if I did not take that leap. Wow. Uh, I'm so happy that this is our last episode for the year because this is 100% the way that I want to close off the year on the show. Um, you know, it always strikes me when I speak to people on the show, and we've had a few artists come on before, how the way that someone shows up today might be the only way that you know them. But if you listen to the backstory and you realize it's actually so much because of Web3, that they've been able to embrace really their authentic selves. Um, I was reminded of my own story as I was listening to you because, you know, this whole idea of, and I, I love the title of today's show, Find the Muse, um, because I feel in some sense Web3 
allows you to channel the muse, right? In a way that other industries, I mean, as you say, you know, studying architecture because that's just, well, that's that's the the wise choice, the societal choice. Um, I grew up as a writer and I always wanted to write, but I always also knew that it wasn't going to be how I make my career. And I got into Web3 because, you know, I'd taken a career hiatus from my other career in, in marketing and I got the opportunity to become a journalist. And I was like, oh my God, I, I have no idea what this Web3 stuff is, but, you know, I want to be a journalist. And really, I mean, from there, this is, you know, you say about one day feeling like one year. Very true. I've been in the space, I think, six years now. And it's like, whoa, man, if, I, if I'm not gray yet, I'm going to get gray soon after this year. That's for sure. Um, but I mean, coming full circle, it's just so beautiful to listen to people's stories and go like, this is the person that you always were. But because of this industry, because of this technology, because of the space of people, you are actually allowed to be who you are in public. You know, that's not always depending on the depending on who you are. That's not always a possibility in kind of society that you might move in. So, yeah, very, very awesome to to just listen to your journey and very excited to be talking about it. I want to get a little bit more into NFTs um how did you get into nfts specifically and also yeah tell us about your nfts do you have any collections uh yeah tell us more about this very excited to hear absolutely um i have to say you're you're an incredible host i just wanted to i always throw that out there for anybody that you know i've given an opportunity to speak um and share that because i know how difficult and how draining it can be to be a host and it's hard work it's not easy so i just want to say um you're an excellent host so thank you so much um so for nfts um interesting so a lot of instagram artists that have connected with um, on Instagram, all decided, like, I mean, not everyone, but a good chunk of them all decided to jump into Web3, into NFTs. And we all had a group on Discord. I know there's a few of you in here who know about this Discord group here, Andrea, Odyssey of the Heart, he knows. Um, we have a specific Discord group that was called Discuss Crypto. Um, I was invited to this group and I met so many more Instagram artists that I've heard of before, but I never actually got to talk to them before um so that was almost like a star trek i'm like oh my god i'm talking to some of those most talented people <laughs> i know and uh, on instagram <clears throat> and i can't believe we're all here kind of diving into this excuse me my throat's not that great this morning Oof. and my allergies get really really bad here up north going from toronto to northern ontario it's uh <clears throat> excuse me so um when we all decided to jump into that um, we all started on Twitter and I, I, I was told, you know, if you want to be successful in Web3 NFTs, you have to have a Twitter account. And I'm like, my God, another social media account. Like, you know, at the time you're like, God, I, I think I already have enough social media in my world. Um, but I started a Twitter account just like everybody else. Yes, go ahead. Your hand is up. Sorry, I was pressing the wrong emoji. I mean, this is my hands are cold. <laughs> so you're talking about your allergies and I have freezing hands. So <laughs> ignore my hands and please go ahead. No worries. I just want to make sure as a host thing, as soon as you see a hand goes up, you're like, oh, stop talking and <laughs> make sure that the hand goes up. <laughs> so, um, but yes, yeah, so allergies, not fun. It's not that fun. But uh, yeah, so all of us jumped onto Twitter and, you know, based on the information that was circulating throughout the discord group through everybody I was talking with 
um, you know, they mentioned, you know, the community is big. And I think that was one of the things that struck me when that information was provided. I'm like, what do you mean the community is different on Twitter compared to, you know, because I think a lot of us can can resonate and know what, what the audience is like on Instagram compared to Twitter. I think for those who have been on Twitter for a while now, the, the, the energy is totally different. Um, I mean, I, I have so much love on Instagram, um, but the love is very different here on Twitter. Um, I feel it's more accepting, more inclusive. I think we're all more supportive of one another. <clears throat> I just overall feel it's a much more supportive culture. Um, and I just couldn't believe it at first, you know, I was like, wow, like just, it's not, it doesn't feel, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so, so sorry. My throat is not great this morning. I just feel that it's not so much of a, of course, there's, there's, there's a kind of competitive aspect to anything, but it does not feel as competitive as it can be on other social platforms. We're all here to support and uplift another. And I'm like, oh my God, that is my calling right here. Like, I love helping people. I love supporting people. Um, and I feel like maybe I feel like this is where I need to be. I feel like this is where I'm going to thrive because I'm all about supporting communities. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of us had to really think about when we enter this space is what are our intentions behind entering this space, right? Because when I first heard about NFT specifically, not even talking about the culture of Web3, um, how supportive it is, you know, I did hear. No, without having too much knowledge about what NFTs are, the technicalities behind it. You know, I did hear that it is another way for creators to potentially sell their work and potentially in a much better way um, than opposed to selling on your website or through Etsy or through Instagram. So, I mean, of course, naturally, when you when you see dollar signs a little bit, naturally, I think we're all going to be gravitated towards that. However, I, I came into this not knowing that it wasn't just always about the money specifically. Um, you know, I work full time. I think well, I don't know. Some people know this, but not everybody knows this. I work full time outside of NFTs um, and working for Join, which I'll get into later as well. Um, so I juggle three different um, <laughs> three different job careers all at the same time. Um, so my time and energy is very precious to me as it is for everybody. Right. So I do need to be conscious of, you know, when I'm spending my energy on something, it has to be something of value. And I feel that it's going to, it's going to support my growth. It's going to support my career, you know, the direction I want to take with life, et cetera. So, I mean, if I'm just in it for the money, this is, a, it's not necessarily the biggest motivation for me. Thankfully I do have with my full-time career, I'm able to fund, you know, what is considered to be my hobby and my passion. I'm not reliant on making sales in NFTs or in Web3. Um, maybe one day that may be a reality, but for now, that's currently not the direction I'm taking. Um, the la I, think, I, I think there's a fear almost that if I were to become full-time in NFTs, um, it would be, it's kind of scary to me a little bit. For those who are in the audience, I know there's a few of you in here who are working full-time in NFTs and in Web3. Kudos to you. Kudos to you because it is not easy. It is not easy. It's a lot of work. Um, and I wish I could provide as much time and effort as those who are full time. Um, but for now, you know, I mean, I, again, so I'm back to circling back to my point behind all this is that I wanted to set the right intention of entering, entering Web3 and making sure that I'm, I'm doing it for the right reasons. Because uh, I do feel a lot of people who enter the space is specifically and no other reason than making money. 
Um, and I think we all know that there's more to it than just making money. We have to be very community oriented. We have to support the community on top of building our brand, promoting ourselves, our art. You know, a lot of us don't have that kind of background. So I'm just like a lot of people. I had zero experience with marketing, promoting a brand, you know, besides just being on Instagram. So I think a lot of us started at ground zero. And I think that was a really cool experience as a few of us here in the Discussed Crypto Discord group, where we're all just kind of like the guinea pigs. We were kind of just figuring it out <laughs> as we went along. And it kind of felt good to know that I was like, I had so many questions and everyone had so many questions that they felt they could actually ask, um, which is not normally a culture or an environment that you're kind of used to, um, which again was why I was like so intrigued to just continue taking this leap. Um, so the community aspect of it, um, I mean, this, and of course, you know, selling my work and, and, and making it more widely distributed and uh, more seen. I think seen is the right word, you know, being able to be seen by more people, not necessarily just collectors, but just in general, sharing my passion and love for art with others who also want to do the same thing. I think it's such a beautiful experience and it still continues to be that way, you know, two years later. Wow, Andrea, thank you so much for this. I didn't even ask you, you know, oh, yet at least, uh, what you consider the role of NFTs in the life of an artist or artists in the NFT space. But I think you really encapsulated a lot of what those answers might have been because so much of the narrative, I mean, NFTs became as well known as it is because of art, because of the I mean, we, we see an artist selling an artwork for $69 million and everyone goes like, whoa, <laughs> that's the place to be. And of course, those conversations were incredibly important because it does, I mean, for the first time, at least in my lifetime, but in how many generations before me, artists actually became someone more, someone more than just people over there drawing pretty pictures for very little compensation or even no compensation. So I definitely think the scales needed to be balanced and was to an extent. But now, unfortunately, because of so much of this hype in the industry, now it's like, oh, the wave has come and gone. And before we had, you know, this possibility in front of artists. And now, okay, well, NFTs are obviously all a scam. So what's the next thing? And I love the way that you are approaching this because not only not putting all of your eggs into one basket in the sense like, okay, this is the one thing and it's going to work. And if it doesn't work, you know, it just has to work. I think that's very, a very high pressure situation for any artist to put themselves in. Uh, but also just to understand that if you're only in this industry, I mean, it's a, it's a technology. Um, and that's the beauty of being in Web3 is it's at the end of the day, it's a technology. And so any use case, any application, any ideas that are built on top of it, but the fundamental basic is still that it's a technology. And so if you're in it for the money, you know, that's a layer on top of the technology, but the, the technology is still the possibility. So it really sounds like you have a very healthy relationship uh, with yourself as an artist in the space. And I think that's incredibly, incredibly important because most of the artists that I speak to, uh, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of people in, because I work in Web3 full time. So I speak to a lot of people, uh, including many NFT artists. And I feel like there's, 
an unbalanced relationship. Uh, there's an unbalanced relationship in the industry in general uh, with a lot of things when it comes to, you know, creating hype and not really so much of substance uh, beneath it. But yeah, really, really wonderful. I hope that artists listening to this, uh, whether live or on the podcast later on, can really just take from this uh, a sense of identity and a sense of ownership that you don't have to become someone else. Uh, who you are is already enough. Uh, it's just that you're doing it in this very supportive industry. So I want to get back to join you are a community leader and moderator for JOIN. So tell us a little bit about what is JOIN.XYZ. Absolutely. And I want to share a little backstory as to how JOIN came about and where they kind of came along in my journey, because I think it's definitely really important. Because I don't think everybody in this audience, a lot of them know me. None of them all really know the backstory of how I got to this point. Um, so join was actually rebranded to be joined in this last year. It was originally named Chester. Um, so about a, maybe two or three months into my NFT, um, you know, getting into my, into that, in that world, um, one of my pieces was collected by Chester and I'm like, who is, who's Chester? Like, who is it a guy? Is it a, is it a company? Like I didn't know, right. I had no idea. I knew they were collecting a few works at that point. So I managed to, you know, message them. And uh, it was actually a group from Toronto. So I was so happy to hear it was Canadian. Um, they're a Canadian-based startup um, that, want, that was, in, at, the, at the time, they were still very early in the stages of what they would wanted to, what, what they wanted to contribute to the community um, what, and what they were building. So, um, I mean, a lot, there's a few in the audience who know about Chester and how, like, the first project that came about. Um, but essentially, they collected my work. I got to know Michael. He is the co-founder of Join. And what is such an amazing person. He is so inspirational. Um, and I feel like he saw something in me Um enough that something that I didn't really know at the time now I can look back and be like wow yeah I think he saw some abilities that I didn't even know I had um so he um when they were building their discord they're building you know what it is that they wanted to uh, what they wanted to accomplish here in web3 they're still figuring these things out um they asked me to be a part of their team and at the time it was just a volunteer situation and I was totally on board with it because when we when we spoke we talked a lot about our values um and a lot of them had to do with community um having a supportive culture not getting so caught up in the hype you know like just their values were very much in alignment with where i wanted to take my career with web3 so without knowing fully what direction they were going i still wanted to support them and I did that as a volunteer. I was volunteering for them for about eight months. Um, and I contributed to creating spaces and hosting spaces for them as kind of a start. Um, and of course, moderating Discord and whatnot. Um, and then this past year, we have, I, a lot of people in the audience know who join us at this point, we have skyrocketed. Um, they, behind the scenes, they were building a platform. So just to give an idea, it's basically a group of entrepreneurs, developers, um, creators who really just want to push the NFT space forward. We have built a platform where we can build partnerships, connections, um, where there's opportunities for artists to be 
rewarded for their contribute for contributing their efforts to the community. Um, you can apply for exhibits for galleries. I think that's one of the biggest things we keep hearing from those who are Web three is you know I keep missing out on opportunities. I feel like I'm missing out on having my art to be seen. Um, you know, how can I apply for these opportunities? And so join what we have is what we have in place is essentially that anytime we see a contest or if there's co partnerships or collaborations where they want to run a contest, they want to run a campaign. Um, we have a, just to give an example, we have a few going on for NFT Paris. We had a couple partners who wanted to find some amazing, talented artists to be showcased in NFT Paris. So to make things easier, you know, for example, I know a lot of a lot of these contests could be on Twitter. <clears throat> you know how many submissions those contests get? Hundreds, <laughs> sometimes thousands of submissions. So the current you know structure of things is that if you're using a tweet, for example, if you have hundreds of thousands of submissions, my gosh, is it is so much time to go through every single tweet, all of the replies, all of the art, and sometimes it gets missed in the replies as well. So I mean, this takes hours, sometimes days or weeks to do that. So what we're trying to do is this, of course, is this is only one part of our platform that's very. Uh, supportive to not just artists but also to our partners it gives them the option to create a campaign on the platform so that instead of going through twitter for example or through a google form as another way of doing so you're able to check every single submission on our platform for that campaign in an easier way their twitter profiles are all connected it essentially makes sure that whatever requirements that you have, so say if you have to retweet, you have to like something, you have to follow specific accounts. Join checks those requirements to make sure that each of the artists are following the instructions and that they're qualified to be a part of the campaign. And they have equal opportunity as forever as for everybody. Um, so again, that's just one of the ways that we're trying to support artists. And at this point, we actually started gathering data and stats uh, for our end of year. And we have helped hundreds hundreds of artists to be seen to be given opportunities some of them have never been exhibited before and they, they've won contests for it um, it's helped change artists lives um, and I'm so so proud to be a part of a team that truly just wants to support the community that wants to push web3 forward despite you know the bear market uh, with crypto market not being in the most in the most fragile state right now, like we're still pushing through, we're still finding collaboration opportunities um, with with people who actually want to push it forward. So I'm their host, I'm their Spaces host. Um, I support what they're moderating. I help them with ideas. Um, we have a lot of new features coming up very soon too. That's going to be very, very helpful for artists that want to run their own campaigns, for example, and not necessarily relying um, on join specifically to run these campaigns. So if somebody wants to run their own curation, for example, they want to curate for a specific gallery, or if they have connections with someone who wants to run an exhibit, they can run their own campaign. So I think it gives the power for creators to do whatever they want. It's not just, you know, relying specifically on uh, larger partners to run these campaigns like we have the power here in web3 we can do that too right so our platform is built for pretty much everyone it's as inclusive as it possibly can be again the alignment is there with my value so this is who join is they're incredible group of people i've had the opportunity to go to nft nyc in june and also just recently at art basel 
And I can tell you that those two experiences were two of the most amazing adventures. I will never forget those two trips. And I know this is not the last event we're going to. Um, I know we're going to go to more moving forward, hopefully across overseas, hopefully to Europe. You know, I love to meet some people um, at a different events with join. They're just so, so supportive of my journey. It also supports my brand. Like it's just, it really is just a great alignment with where I want to go with my career. And I'm just so happy it worked out the way it did. Um, it just was very organic. It wasn't forced by any means. It was like, it was meant to happen. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say that listening to all of your involvement with Web3 is like a masterclass in how to be in the space. So I think that this conversation that we are having today is really going to be just one of those anchoring conversations in the lives of many people. So I hope that those who need it will be able to find their way to this episode because it really just encapsulates how to do this. I mean, whether it is your philosophy about what's important to you and how to make that show up in your life in a way that doesn't get you to compromise on your own values or how to get engaged with a company. And I mean, the the whole thing about how to get into Web3, there's so many people who have this question and approach it from the perspective of the way that things are done in other industries. But so much of this is really just from the community level upwards. Um, so I think, you know, that is such an important thing to highlight. But yeah, in terms of join, you know, we we recently had this uh, non-fungible talent season one where we had artists, uh, we had an, an art contest. And I know just personally from the amount of submissions that we received, it was so difficult for the team. And we had, you know, uh, judges like uh, artist Mika, Mika Marple from LA was one of the judges. It was really, really difficult for the team to, and the judges as well, to just sort through all of the submissions because it was happening through Twitter. So from that perspective, I mean, it's super important to have a platform that offers these kind of things, but then also from the aspect of democratizing opportunities um, you know, as, as an investing platform, this is exactly the same premise that we had when we started at Lunum was, wait, there are all these opportunities in Web3, but people who actually need the opportunities the most, they are the ones not having access to them because they don't have the right network, they don't know the right people. So it's incredibly important to democratize access to Web3, whatever it is that you're doing in the space, but the democratization is super important. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about your art. What is your style like? Uh, what, do, what sets it apart? I know we spoke a little bit about um, astrology and spirituality. And of course, also, what is your biggest source of inspiration that inspires your art? Because you are at this very unique confluence of, okay, this is the future of technology and this is all of the opportunities that there are in technology. But at the same time, I'm a woman in this world at this time, and I'm not only a woman, you know, having this 3D perspective of how do I rise through the ladders of success, but I'm a whole human being and how do I show up in the world? Because this is really the sense that I'm getting from your work is it embodies a holistic approach to life and not just, okay, this is what's going to, you know, this is what it's, what's going to put me on the front pages of the art magazines. 
I love the way that you put it. And without even getting, you know, going too, too much into detail, I think you really did capture already an, a, an amazing essence of what I'm trying to accomplish with my work. So that makes me feel really good that that is exactly how you feel when you see my work is that that tells me that I'm doing I'm doing it right. Um, <laughs> so I really appreciate that very much. So um, so in terms of my work, I mean, I agree. It, I think it's from a very much a holistic approach. Um, I always, when I was a kid or what I, I, when I was a kid, I honestly thought what I want to do for a career. And at the time before getting to even thinking about architecture, I thought about becoming a psychologist um, because I truly just love listening, helping people. And I feel so sad when people are going through rough times. Like I just want to be there. And I've always been that way. Um, I always tell people, and especially those who are in this audience, they know that if they ever need someone to talk to, my my dms my my messages they're always open for them um because i mental health i think that's the topic there too is mental health is a very important uh topic for me um i grew up um and i was born with depression um depression is uh by no means easy to deal with um and i'm open to share that and being vulnerable with everybody here because again you know it's not always um it's not always seen or, or very visible um, for mental, for mental illness. Um, you never really know what someone's going through. Um, you know, at this point in time, I'm in the best place of my life. Um, there definitely have been points though, where my depression definitely did not, uh, was not easy. And especially when you're, you have a presence here in web three, um, you know, with even just, I've, I cannot, even to this day, I can't believe the following I've got. It's like, it's mind blowing to me. So when you have that, in place as well it almost feels like an obligation and responsibility sometimes to be present all the time um and it can feel it's a very pressuring um and there's days where i'm like i just don't have it and my cup is not full enough to give to the community today and i feel sad i feel bad that i can't be here but that we have to turn that around we have to normalize how important our mental health is so with that in mind circling back to my art i do incorporate some of those themes into my work as well I think it, it comes down to the idea of our light and shadow. Um, we have a light self and we have a shadow self. And naturally, we always gravitate mostly towards our light because these are the aspects of ourselves that we love the most. Um, but when it comes to our shadow, our shadow are parts of ourselves that we are not. Um, it's definitely not the same in terms of how we feel about our life. These are aspects of ourselves that we tend to repress, push away, um, not be feeling accepting of and this comes down to our inner child as well. And I think a lot of us can understand the concept of, you know, childhood traumas to, you know, if we're not taking the time to really heal um, some of our traumatic experiences as a child, this can go definitely into adulthood. Um, and we have to find ways of how we can navigate that. And I can tell you, you know, from my experience as a child, I went, my parents uh, got divorced when I was very young. Um, so naturally, you know, without, you know, not putting the blame on my parents, of course, because, you know, it was best that they did separate, um, and that they're much happier in their lives with their new spouses. Um, but naturally, you know, going through that experience is there's going to be a natural sense of abandonment there. So I, I knew growing up going to see psychologists, seeing psychotherapists, I was very self-aware that I was going to have to learn to deal with anxious attachment and, uh, childhood abandonment. You know, just how can I navigate not feeling that abandonment is very tough sometimes. Um, so when you're navigating through life and, you know, from relationships to career, um, you know, how can I share in my artwork 
what it feels like to really embrace our shadow self. Um, so that requires some darker work as well. Um, on Instagram, I find it an interesting uh, topic because on Instagram, I am very much involved in the spiritual community that's there. Um, and I do think there's a bit of an unhealthy uh, balance when it comes to shadow and light. I think the, the spiritual community really emphasizes on the light self. So it's always both light and fluffy colors and, you know, love and light. And, you know, it, and, and as much as that's very, very important too, um, to really navigate towards the light, it is so important to really embrace our shadow. And I emphasize that so much in my work on Instagram, but not everybody appreciates it, but that's okay. Because to me, that's kind of setting the point there right? You're uncomfortable with the idea of facing your shadow. So in a sense, I feel like I'm actually, I think I'm doing it right. If you're feeling uncomfortable with it, there may be a chance that maybe we should reevaluate, you know, and take that time to become more self-aware of our shadow self. So again, I think I'm winning in that aspect, even if my, some of my followers may not like it. Um, But then I also translated that here onto Twitter as well. The more dark art I share, the more love I get. I'm like, I think it's just an interesting, it's an interesting, uh, it's, it's such a really cool experience where what some of my art that wasn't getting that same kind of love on Instagram is the total opposite here on Twitter. Um, so it made me feel more comfortable, um, more, um, what's the word? Just like, I just felt more encouraged. I felt encouraged to really navigate down this path of sharing more artwork that is geared towards feeling our emotions, um, our shadow self, etc. So, you know, so I mean, besides the integration of our light and shadow self that I reflect in a lot of my work, I'm a huge astrology nerd. A lot of people in this audience know this. <laughs> I'm a huge astrology nerd. Um, I've loved astrology since I was a child. And I've, I've nat- naturally I've met a lot of people in my lifetime that also were huge into astrology. It's just the way that it worked out. And I learned so much from so many and I started to just integrate that into my own daily life without being like, did you check your horoscope today? Like, not like that, not in that kind of format, you know, like, you know, I like to pick apart, you know, what people's signs are and not just your sun sign. You know, we can get into the rabbit hole of our moon, our Venus, like all the planets in the sky, like you're getting into uh, some of the, the cosmic stuff behind it too. It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating. Why? Because it gets me to really understand you know, who we are at our core, and why we do things the way we do, why we act the way we do, why we speak or communicate the way we do. I find it so fascinating to learn about human behavior. Um, <clears throat> and I have these conversations with a lot of people here on Twitter, too. A lot of people love into astrology as well. So again, circling back to how that uh, how that is incorporated into my work, it is, I would say 95% of the time, my artwork is based on astrology. Uh, based on astrological events. So for example, today is the 20th. So let me think here. Yes, the winter solstice and Capricorn season are in two days. Um, So I'm going to have naturally, I'm going to pretty much have at least four to five new pieces in a month, because of astrological events or changes um, in the planet. So like when Venus moves into Capricorn, for example, um, when you have a winter solstice, fall equinox, um, you know, new moons, full moons, um, you're guaranteed you're going to see a new artwork from me because that's where my inspiration comes from. Um, so to give a proper example, you know, we have a new moon in Capricorn a couple days after the winter solstice. And the new moon in Capricorn is actually one of the longest days of the year. 
So when you think about it that way, when you a new moon is is much darker than a full moon, a full moon, you know, fully lit compared to a new moon. So when you think about it in that way, too, you're like, okay, there's less light, it's definitely darker. So naturally, the work will probably be a little bit darker than some of my other work. And that's, and I like that it gets me to navigate, you know, using color schemes, or just more of a darker, moodier uh, sense in my work. And then, you know, what does it mean to be in Capricorn? Well, of course, having my my knowledge set in astrology allows me to take some of these key words from the Capricorn zodiac, for example, and incorporate that into the work. You know, Capricorn is the sea goat, you know, incorporating potentially some horns in there, um, some more darker colors like blacks and blues and, you know, incorporating the knowledge of astrology plus the, the meaning of what a new moon is. New moon is all about new beginnings, setting new intentions. Um, and again, with it being done the longest day of the year, like these are all the different aspects of what I do to create my pieces. Um, and of course, on top of that, including how I, how my vibration or what my frequency feels at the time, especially with it being, um, winter here in Canada, we have less sunlight, which really sucks, (laughs) but that's just how it is. That's how it is in winter. Um, so we naturally feel more somber. Um, there's less sunlight. Um, we may be feeling less energetic. I mean, that's quite normal. So incorporating all of these things of how I'm feeling in the moment, plus the collective's energy, plus just the keywords from all the knowledge set of my astro- of my love for astrology is all things that are incorporated into my work. Um, and it makes it for very fun and interesting. Some people may think, well, you know, we always have, we have 12 zodiacs, you know, you're going to go through the 12 zodiacs, like, every single year like you're gonna I'm like and yes that's I think it's challenging when you do it the first time it's like okay I got it but now a year later here I am again I have to make another Capricorn season I have to make another Aquarius season but what can I do differently this time what can I do differently from an imaginative or a creative standpoint that's different from the year before not necessarily um, you know, making it better because I don't want to put that pressure on myself. Right. I think a lot of us know that, you know, as we go forward and we're growing as an artist that we can be feeling that pressure of like, I need to improve. I need to be better than last year. And it's like, just go with the flow of your creativity. Um, and it challenges me again, to just take a different angle with the Zodiac that maybe, maybe a little bit different, um, than from the year before. So, that's my two cents and my take on, you know, why I do the art that I do. Um, and it's also, I think it's a very popular topic too, right? Everybody, a lot of people like to learn about astrology and I love sharing that knowledge with others. And I'm not an astrologer. I say this to everybody. I'm not an astrologer. I'm not trained to be an astrologer. I just know a lot about astrology. Um, so with that said, you know, I work with a lot of astrologers and spiritual healers um, that write insights for me. So we work together. This is collaborative opportunities that I get on a monthly basis. I work with them. They Sometimes they'll have the words well before I make the art and sometimes it's vice versa, but we work together and it also helps them hone their craft as well as a writer. Um, so it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone. We're both growing. We're both um, in our essence and what we love to do. And we get to come together and share that with the community that really, really looks forward to reading these insights on a monthly basis. And I love sharing knowledge. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's, there's so many different things that I get to do with just my art. That's not just the sense of just making art. I'm actually providing opportunities for spiritual healing for people. And I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much for taking us through that whole process and why you show up and how you show up. I think it's so amazingly 
A, fascinating, but also B, important to get this behind the scenes look because so many people just see the art and they don't understand what all goes into it. I wanted to touch a little bit on what you said earlier about, you know, this light versus shadow. Um, definitely in this industry, uh, I, I'm also very passionate about mental health. And I mean, I work with, I have been working with founders uh, and CEOs for many years. And I've always maintained that some of the most successful people are the most trauma-driven. Um, and it's the way that they express their traumas. So I think if there's any particular industry where it's super important to talk about the light versus shadow, it's this one, because so many people are attracted by what's good about the Web3 industry, but get really damaged by the negative aspects of it. Um, and I think it's incredibly important that we have very, very honest conversations, very authentic conversations, truthful conversations about, you know, just who we are, why we are, how we are, um, and how we show up in a way that A, damages or B, heals other people. Um, so yeah, super important conversation and very, very privileged to be listening to you do this work because uh, I think, you know, that's that's the work that needs to get done. I'm very mindful of time. I absolutely, you know, as much as I try to befriend time, <laughs> It's just always against me. Um, so I'm going to jump, jump back into the next question. Uh, you have obviously had an amazing journey so far from the sounds of it, um, but it has been a challenging year. 2022 was not an easy year for pretty much anyone, but especially, I mean, if you're in this industry, like just so many bad things have happened. Um, bad things have come to light. Like that's maybe the more, the more, the more important thing to, to phrase it is that bad things in every industry happens, but in this industry, things are under a mic, under a microscope um, because it is so transparent. And so you see the bad things happening and it happens to you or to people that you care about. So I'm curious in the midst of all of these all of the craziness that we've had in 2022, what have been some of your biggest accomplishments? And also, what are your goals for 2023? I wanted to know if we are going to get a piece of, you know, prediction for 2023, but you just said you're not an astrologer. So I'm going to skip that question. <laughs> but yeah, tell us what was the year like and what is next for you in the coming year? It's a great question. Um, so from a personal side of things, I actually moved home um, a, about pretty much at the same time when I started NFTs, I actually moved home at 30 years old. And that was not easy for me uh, to sacrifice my independence. Um, but at the time, you know, I had to be I had to be honest with myself. Um, and I think that's hard for a lot of us is what can I do to to fix my situation or, or to move forward? Um I was living in Toronto at the time and Toronto is very expensive for those who know Toronto. Um, and I was in a very different financial situation. Um, and I had to sacrifice living independently and to move home for a year. And that's when I started NFTs. And thankfully, honestly, the community, the, and there's some amazing people here in this audience that I have so much love for that have got me through some of the toughest moments in that, in the last two years. Um, Anna, uh, Pierre, Andrea, Yannette, Nikki, Paul, like you all, you all have been there from the beginning. 
um, it was a difficult time to be, you know, as much as I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to move home because I know that's not possible for everybody. Um, I thankfully was my, 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 my mom opened her home for me so that I can get myself back on my feet and confidently can say, you know, it'd be a year and a half later. I'm in the best place I can possibly be in my life financially, mentally. Um, and I mean, I, that, that went through a lot of trials and tribulations, of course. Um, but 2022, as difficult as it has been for me and for a lot of people here, I have to say it was probably one of the best years of my life. Um, I got to live some of the most beautiful experiences. Going to some of these in real life events, I think were some of the best highlights. Why? Because I got to meet some people who I've been talking to on Twitter, what feels like forever. And I got to meet them in real life. And, you know, some people argue, you know, these are just virtual connections, but I'm like, no, 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 it's virtual here on Twitter. But I'm telling you, this will translate into in real life. And I kid you not, I've never cried so hard. (laughs) I had so many happy tears meeting some amazing people who have changed my life. I think there's nothing can beat that. There's a few here that I still have not met in real life yet, but I'm I'm already getting emotional even thinking about it. The moment I get to meet them in real life is going to be a very, very emotional, but such a joyful experience. Um, like I went to our Basel and I met, oh my gosh, so many amazing women from the NFT. So I'm a part of one of the communities is NFT goddesses. Um, Anna actually here in the audience is the uh, founder of NFT goddesses, a purely a beautiful group of female artists, um, uplifting each other, empowering each other. Like we're basically sisters, um, and <laughs> I wouldn't trade that for the world. And I got to meet a few of them at Art Basel a couple weeks ago. And I kid you not, like I was literally full makeup and the nicest, cutest dress at the WOW Gala. Um, I met Yam as well, the founder. Like, ooh, that was a very emotional experience for me. Um, there's actually reasons for that, but I won't get into the rabbit hole of that. But just meeting some of these women, some of these amazing artists in real life, nothing can trade that. Um, I mean it's it it was all meant to happen the way it did um i mean besides some of the trips i went on because you know i know for a lot of artists here they are not able to attend these in real life events um and so i'm very very grateful that i get those opportunities uh to go um so besides that though i mean (laughs) from i don't i usually don't talk about this very often but one of the highlights i probably won't forget pretty much for the rest of my life is uh cosmo de medici so snoop dogg bought one of my works in february Uh, i probably probably cried for like a whole week (laughs) when that happened um you know just i think the biggest highlight probably is the community that i built here um I want to get into, I, I, I'm so bad at talking about my art. Like people know this, I'm terrible at promoting my art and, and talking about my work, but I just love talking about people and how they impact me and how they make me feel. This community of people that I've met have changed my life. I feel so blessed and grateful to have the love that's poured into my world every single day from just Twitter, from whatever social media platform. I don't ever feel alone ever. I feel so supported and loved that I don't think that I can trade that for anything. So I would say that's the biggest highlight of my 2022 is the community that I've built here. Um, for 2023, um, I may or may not have some drops coming on Nifty Gateway. So that's a little teaser. Um, <laughs> uh, there's definitely one in the works right now. Um, I'm already planning for NFT NYC. That's for sure. Cause it's in April this year. Um, 
And I'm finally, finally going to apply to Super Rare. A lot of people may not know this. I've actually never once applied to Super Rare. Um, and it shocks people. They're like, what? How have you not applied to Super Rare yet? I'm like, you know what? It's because it's not that I felt that I wasn't ready for it. I wanted to pave my own path first. I, I felt like from a career standpoint that I just wasn't there yet, not necessarily because of my talent, uh, but more so I wanted to pave the path of, do I feel like I'm in a good place now where I can, first of all, take on another platform? Because I think we all know when we're on multiple platforms, it can be very stressful sometimes knowing where to mint somewhere, um, let alone super rare, right? So I wanted to be proud of where I am career-wise before I start applying for a marketplace like, like super rare. Um, so I will be applying probably at the end of this month. Um, so cross my fingers there. There's a few people here in this audience that I know gone into super rare recently, and I'm just so freaking happy for them because they deserve it. Um, but besides that, um, I think something that's important to emphasize is that when we plan for too many things, it can be very stressful. Um, so I'm trying to be more of the essence and flow of what's going to come my way. I just know for now, because it's already in the works, I do have a nifty gateway drop coming in the new year. And then plus my super rare. And I'm trying not to add more to my plate than I already do. As I mentioned, you know, when you work three jobs all at once, it is hard to plan ahead for a lot of different things because things just kind of happen and get in the way. Um, and I don't like when I set, when I set my mind to something and I can't move forward with it, it's not a great feeling. Um, so I'm trying to be more, uh, be kinder to myself and just allowing projects to come into fruition at the timing that they need to. Um, so that's, that's all I can probably give right now in terms of 2023. And I feel, and I'm, 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 I'm happy to know that because honestly, I need a break. <laughs> this girl needs a break. <laughs> I need some time to rest because I like, you can't pour from an empty cup. I know it's such a cliche and it's such a common saying these days, but it's true. If you're, if you're, if, if you can't pour from an empty cup. So if I, why would I be providing energy into projects when I don't even have the ener the full energy and capacity deserves to begin with? Um, so that's my philosophy and just my, my, my kind of like my mindset going into 2023 is to be more balanced uh, with my project work plus my obligations and responsibilities. That's amazing. I think my 2022 was all about balance and me prior to 2022 and me leaving this year are two different people. So yeah, 100% balance for the win. It's just, it's completely overrated and it sounds super boring, but it's incredible. So yeah, wish you all the best with an amazing 2023. I see we've run out of time, which I absolutely hate because I could stay here for the next five hours, but I want to kick off, well, end off uh, on a high note, uh, you've already, I think, expressed so beautifully what your own year was about, but it was such a collectivist uh, description because I think 2022 for many people in the Web3 space, the markets were down, you know, bad stuff was happening all over the show, but what kept people here is the community. So I think your experience just really encapsulates what, if you found a community in the space, I mean, community in general is incredibly important for our nervous systems. Um, but if you found a community in the Web3 space, you're in a very privileged position. Uh, and it's uh, the amazing thing, it's super easy to find a community, just you know, know who you are and what you want. But last question before we leave, uh, what is your philosophy about Web3 changing lives? And in light of that, what advice would you give newcomers wanting to enter this industry? 
Excellent, excellent questions. And I'll do my very best to be mindful of time. <laughs> I mean, in terms of how Web3 has changed my life, like I already mentioned, you know, time and time again, that the community is what changed my, my whole life here. Um, but I think if we want to get into more of the technicalities of other things besides just being a part of amazing communities, um, I think it will it allows us to really think about how we handle our finances, investing opportunities, you know, on top of just being in a being in a welcoming community of passionate people who are really we're not really afraid to really challenge the status quo. I think that's something just to keep in mind uh, with how Web3 can really change. You know, we have to have that mindset of like, we have to challenge that status quo uh, of Web2 mentality, et cetera. Um, I think it allows us to have the opportunity and potential to do things that work for us, to have the power to, to build our own, um, to build our own world in a sense and not rely on, you know, third parties or the middleman. Um, I think it's very liberating to feel like we can finally experience our our experience our lives and re- and realities in a way that supports originality creativity embracing this new technology um it's scary though for a lot of people and i think that's one of the biggest gaps we have between the newcomers and those who are already in the space it is a huge knowledge gap and i also think there's there's so much information readily available that a lot of people are afraid to know what is the quality information or what is the proper direction they should be taking. Um, So with that said, another thing for 2023, I just thought about now, actually, I was hired by a production company here in Canada that wants me to be a seminar leader, like a podcast style, almost creating NFT courses to help those who are newcomers, Canadian specifically, this is a nonprofit for in Canada. They're trying to support more Canadian entrepreneurs of how they can incorporate NFTs into the context of their business. So specifically for me being digital art, um, but they've hired me to do this so that I can support and help more people get onboarded. You know, how do you, how do you set up a crypto wallet to, you know, how to build a community and a brand, you know, like these are all very important things. And sometimes it's very difficult to find quality information like that readily available on the internet and what is considered to be reliable information as well. Um, and even just crypto security is so important with the rise. I know we're in a very um, slow period right now with Web3, but that's certainly not stopping the scammers. That's for sure. Um, of finding ways to just really just ruin the experience for a lot of us. So, you know, big advice to newcomers as well is get the security training, um, even just social engineering. You know, how can you be? using your discernment to, to ensure that you're not caught up in a bad situation, you know, not clicking links, for example, when you're getting emails or when you're getting DMs, you know, like user discernment and not just fall for what's in the message, you know, really take the time to ensure that this is actually secure. Um, you know, like even today, actually a proper example of, you know, I was like, wow, I really use my discernment so much is um, since Elon Musk announced and then retracted, um, <laughs> the policy about Linktree, um, I've decided to actually revamp my whole website and re and like rebrand it essentially, which is, a, it's a not, not cheap for sure. Um, but it's something I wanted to do. Um, it's a, it's going to be, you know, it cost me enough money. So I made my first payment yesterday and my bank sent me a, a text message saying, this is a potential fraud alert. Like, let me know if this is yes or no. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like this is actually you know, I actually went and checked the text message number. Like I went and searched the number to make sure it was my bank. 
right? But again, like that emphasizes that I actually take the time to ensure that whatever information is being sent to me is actually coming from a reliable source. So that tells me that I'm doing it right. And I'm hoping that others who are entering this space will also take that time to do that security training because I, the last thing we want is for people to, to get scammed um, and really just be discouraged with the whole process. I think in, in order to be successful here, especially if you're going to be investing in crypto, you have to take that time to to do security training. Otherwise, it could be, you know, people would, be, would totally leave the game entirely. And I can understand why. Um, mainstream adoption, I think there's a lot of things that are preventing people from becoming more adopting NFTs, Web3, uh, crypto. But I think that's one of the biggest ones is that's going to scare more people away if people don't actually take the time to do security training in that way. So that's just my two cents on this. I mean, I think we're just scratching the surface. Um, a lot of larger brands, organizations are really dipping their toes. And it's very apparent because you're starting to see that more on the news, um, all over the Internet. Um, and I still think in a lot of ways, the general public doesn't truly understand uh, what Web3 is, what NFTs are, and that they think that might just be a trend that may fade out. Um, but I do think that innovation in this space will definitely continue over the next decade. That's just my, 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 that's just my two cents on that. It's not going anywhere regardless of bear market or not, look at all of us here. There's a bunch of us here who are still building. We're the pioneers of this movement. We ain't stopping just because of the market, just because of the bear market. Like we're still here. We're still building because we believe in what NFTs, what Web3 is all about and how it can change people's lives. Absolutely. I mean, I've, this is not my first bear market. And the one thing that I have learned is those who are left standing during the bear market are those, are those who will be at the forefront of whatever cycle comes next. Uh, Andrea, we have completely run out of time, but I would love to take at least one question from the audience. Do you have a little bit of time just to stay on so we can take yes. at least one question? Awesome. Absolutely. So I... I see we already have as a speaker Nerdhead and Nerdette NFT Club. It's so funny that I that I see this name because um, I I'm writing a book in 2023 about NFT use cases, like live testing a new use case every month. And I was filming the video earlier, and I said like, "Oh, the nerd in me," and I was like giggling to myself. Oh my god, I said on camera that I'm a nerd because I'm not really a nerd, but I'm a wannabe nerd. So welcome. <laughs> Nerd, the official nerd. Please, uh, yeah, go ahead and ask whatever you want to Andrea. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, we are nerds, and uh, it's uh, like it's we are all nerds in in ourselves in what we are doing. That was the point of we starting these uh, collections. And uh, thank you, Andrea. Thank you your your uh, informative. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, informative speech. It's very important to the uh, NFT and the future of NFT is uh, is a for the next decade, and uh, it's very important for uh, NFTs the utilities also. So we are also building utility for for our NFTs. Uh, so my question is, what's the success for for the artist? Do you think when they sell out or after the sell out their collection, what they or he or she should do? What's the success of NFT? NFT is not like normal art, traditional art. For example, in a traditional art, you have your collection, uh, your party, you all of them sell. sell. Maybe it's uh, you continue your art. Maybe it, uh, it's look like a success but 
in the NFT, uh, you have like, for example, <clears throat> many uh, app, uh, apes or punks. This this they have been a very cheap. I mean, they sell out. They they uh, after they sell out, they also uh, there is also secondary market, and they uh, pump there. I mean, uh, get very popularity. Uh, so, what's your what's your opinion about the success? After a mint, what they should do, or I mean, what's the longest or future of just uh, uh, PFT PFP uh, NFTs? It's only picture in some point. Uh, I mean, there are many kind of NFTs. Uh, so. Um, what they should do, in my opinion, it's a utility. So what kind of utility uh, they should do to to be successful in this, uh, I mean, ecosystem in the future also? That's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. Um, so when it comes to PFPs versus one-on-one art, I think that needs to be t- to be accounted for, right? Providing utility for PFPs or collections versus one-on-one art. Um, so when you're talking about PFP specifically, you know, my experience and my growth as an NFT artist, I have not had the experience of creating my own PFP collection, but I can say based on, you know, my experience with collecting and investing in PFP projects, I know there was at one point, it was a huge trend there was PFP projects, you know, all over the place, you know, people were jumping on that bandwagon. And it became difficult at one point to know, like, which one should I be investing my time in? Um, you know, which one is seems to me is providing the best utility for what I'm looking for. So for PFPs, I think they have a lot more pressure in terms of having a proper roadmap of what they want to provide to their collectors, right? So, you know, like one of them, I'm super gung-ho about is world of women um because i know the founder of course uh, yam she's amazing um but something that she does i mean she's had a, a very clear roadmap of where all of the funds and profits were going to from going to charities um for investing in in real life events so it's not just about you know owning a world of women you know we have to have we got opportunities to meet up in real life and i think again that's one of the biggest things for me is meeting real people meeting connections right um for board ape and whatnot i know i understand that's a <laughs> that's i probably won't ever ever own a board ape just because it's like obviously out of my price range of course but i know they do in real life events as well um i know at nft nyc there was a few of them a lot of token gated events that uh, is very appealing to a lot of people, right? If you have the resources and the money to do so, of course, this is against, we're talking like some of the highest grossing um, PFP projects, of course. Um, so because they have the resources and time and energy to do this, this is a totally different ball game compared to, you know, PFP projects that are trying to move up the ladder. Um, I do have a few PFPs from other PFP projects. And I can, call, I can say that there's a few of them that definitely have dropped off. Uh, because they just couldn't keep up or they weren't able to continue with the robot that they had. So um, so with that in mind, if you are thinking of doing your own PFP project, especially with the slow bear market right now, I could definitely see it being a bit of a challenge. Um, but um, from a one-on-one perspective, this is more of my, ex- more my, my experience personally, um, I've also done a collection. I did one collection not long ago. Uh, I was the model in my own 
photography series. This was a new project that I did just for fun. Um, and it was very well received. And what I decided to do with this one, for example, to provide utility. Now, again, this is emphasizing that every artist is different and what they can provide for utility. This also depends if they're a full-time artist or not as well on how established they are, um, in terms of what resources that they can provide in terms of utility. Because I'm not a full-time artist, it is very difficult for me to provide a good sense of utility compared to others, you know, whether they want to do raffles, for example. Um, I actually did that with one of my, my collection pieces. So for those who are holders of a specific NFT in the collection that I created, I raffled off one of my one-of-ones. I know that's not exactly something that everyone can do, but this is something in my means and my resources that I was able to provide. And that was very enticing to a lot of people because, well, naturally, my one-of-ones are, more, are definitely more expensive than additions, for example. It's usually out of the price range. So this is one of the ways that I can kind of build my collector base a little bit is doing raffles. And I'm seeing more of that happening now, too. I think a lot of people in the space know this. A lot of people are raffling off one-of-ones or they're raffling off one of their additions for something to make it more enticing for people to first of all, collect, but it also provides utility as well at the same time. Um, so raffling is one of them. Um, for example, for my all of my Ethereum collectors specifically, I do random airdrops all the time. Um, they get the special privilege and opportunity to collect more of my work because they invested with, they invested in my work from even, say, if it's two weeks ago, it doesn't matter. That still is something I'm very grateful for. So I provide that utility of doing random airdrops. Now, again, that depends on your resources. That depends if you're able to do that. Um, but these are ways that I provide utility as an artist. And I've seen this also be applied for many other artists here in the space. But for PFPs, I wish I could comment more specifically on that. But I think the important thing is when, if you are wanting to create your own PFP project, definitely have the marketing resources available for the long term to make it sustainable so that you're able to continue to be uh, reliable and um, effective with your roadmap. Otherwise, you will lose interest. You will lose um, some potential interest in collectors because you may not be, be basically keeping to your promises. So I think that's something to keep in mind is be aware of your resources, what you can provide in terms of utility. Hopefully that answers your question. Awesome. Thanks, Andrea. And thanks, nerd. Well, beautiful nerd community. As you said, we are all nerds. Uh, so, yeah, definitely celebrating that within each of us today. Uh, Andrea, wow, another hour and plus, plus, plus has come and gone. But this has, as I said at the beginning, I was very excited for this to be the last show of the year because I think the conversations that we had here today really just brings everything to this highly personal level. Uh, but at the same time is very representative of the collective as well. So I cannot begin to thank you enough for the insights, the authenticity, the honesty, and just the realness with which you showed up today. I think genuinely speaking, if I were an artist, you know, I, I'm a writer, but I for sure cannot art to save my life. But if I were to be an artist, especially someone starting out, whether it's in art or in this industry, listening to this conversation with you today would have been incredibly inspiring to me. So I do hope that this message does get to those people uh, who need it most because, yeah, thank you for being just the amazing human that you are and the inspiration that I think you have been and still will be to many, many people in the industry. And of course, 
to our favorite community in the world uh, at Lunum. Thank you so much, both for those of you who are tuning in live today. Reminder that this is our last Twitter Spaces. We will be moving to YouTube uh, from the new year onwards. And also those of you who are listening to the podcast afterwards, uh, you, you know, that won't change. You can still find us on your favorite podcasting platform. I would also like to introduce you to something that I will be starting. Uh, Web3 Explained is a new project uh, sponsored by Adlunum that I will be doing in 2023, where because of the show, so huge shout out to the future of NFTs. Every week I speak to incredible people talking about the future of this technology and really just where we might go because it's the emphasis on might. I mean, the technology is there, but it doesn't mean that we're going to go those places. We need to actually create those things. Uh, and so in 2023 with Web3 Explained, what I will be doing is every month for 12 months, I will be live testing a new Web3 use case. Uh, so if you know what Web3 is, if you don't know what Web3 is, well, I, I guess if you don't know, you wouldn't be on the show. But however much you know or don't know or care or don't care, I invite you to join along with me because I will be having a heck of a lot of fun along the way, but really just highlighting the possibilities that there are for this technology. Um, and I'm super excited to fail. So come fail with me because I think, as we were talking about earlier, people who build in this market, they are those who really have what it takes um, I mean, I speak to projects every single day of the week, and I can promise you that this these are hard times, but the projects building now, they are the ones that come the next beautiful bull market that everyone is going to be chasing money again. Those are the real projects. So whether it's a project or an artist, but anyone who is left standing during this market is yeah, follow them and be part of what they're building. So I'm going to be highlighting this as I speak to a lot of these people while I'm writing the book. So come follow along with me and you'll get to meet a lot of cool new people. So on that note, guys, I usually say that I'll catch you again next week. But in this case, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And I will see you in a few weeks from now. I'll also be taking a little holiday for the first time in I don't know how long. So I will not be on the show for a few weeks, but the next time I see you, I will actually see you, or at least you'll see me because we'll be on YouTube. So until guys, until then, guys, uh, yeah, keep it real. Have an amazing holiday season and we'll see you in 2023 for whatever the market and society and the community is going to throw at us next year. We'll be ready for it. Andrea, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and cannot wait to see what's next for you. And I'm going to put you on the spot now because I've just been dying to ask you this question. Please give us an astrological prediction for 2023. <laughs> oh, gosh, not, not an astrologer, but <laughs> I, you know what? I think, you know, based on what I've seen, I mean, it depends on what sign, of course, too, but... I think 2023 seems promising with just some advances in, in blockchain technology, Web3, etc. Whether I think ETH is going to go up or crypto may be going up, I think that's definitely uh, 
I mean, I think we all hope for that to be to be better in the near future. But I know in a lot of ways, you know, and where I am in Canada and many other places in the world, we're definitely going to recession. Um, so something to think about in terms of the market for sure. Um, but I think, you know, without holding too, too tightly on the idea that it is going to go up, we just have to keep building. We just have to keep moving forward, um, using our perseverance, our termination, and just believing in ourselves that we're going to build something that we're going to be very proud of in the next five years, even to the next decade. Um, so, I mean, from an astrological standpoint, I see it still being somewhat kind of similar to 2022, um, but it will be, I think it'll be a much, a much more of a positive year um, in general with things opening up, et cetera. Um, but just, allowing ourselves to just continue building we're we're not going to build the future we want if we sit back and just hope for it to happen um we need to keep pushing forward regardless of the trials and turbulations that's what i think we all need to focus on more and the universe is either going to work with us or against us but there's always reasons for that sometimes we may not understand why um but ultimately there these things happen for a reason so we have another you know (laughs) ftx crash whatever whatever comes our way we're gonna work through that we're we're strong reverse we're all we're all strong we're all here for the right reasons we're all here to build something that we're proud of so uh, that's my two cents on uh, 2023. Let's just keep building. Let's keep working together. And uh, we're going to be having a really bright future ahead of us. Couldn't have said it better myself. And because I'm not going to try and top that beautiful ending to this show, to this season and to this year, I am only going to say that if you want more amazing guests like this, then I catch you next time for the future of NFTs. Guys, love to you all. Talk to you soon. Cheers. You've been listening to the future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.